So the code of conversations today, I have senior technical lead, Abdul Wahab. Thank you for stopping by the show, man. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm definitely <laughs> glad to have you on here, man. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background? I would love to, yes, actually. And um, I basically, I'm a systems guy. I love systems and how everything works. Um, I love tinkering with things and love how they work. Um, I just like learning how things are programmed to work and how they work. And eventually, uh, like uh, if you fast forward like uh, 10, 15 years ago, I was a <clears throat> biology major in college. And uh, because I wanted to study biology and eventually go to med school to become a doctor and, uh, you know, treat people and uh, that kind of thing. Because uh, I used to love how, you know, body and like, you know, the systems of the body all work together and, you know, they help to, you know, make up the human body and everything. So that was like around 2012, 2013 time. And then my dad, he actually suggested me, like I was on the phone with him one day after coming from the open house at the college. He was like, so what's your major? I told him biology. He's like, biology, why biology? You should try it for IT or computer science. The field is much more demanding and uh, you might get a quicker job. You might not have to study in college so long. So then I thought about it for like, you know, five, 10 minutes. And then I called my actually advisor right then, right then and there before the semester started, like, you know, literally a day before the semester started, I called her and I was like, you know, hey, can I switch my major? Like, can I go from biology to computer science? She was like, sure. And she got me in and I took my first programming class. And ever since then, I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And even before then, I would say I had an interest in um, like programming and uh, development. Like I started out in basic, basic web development, like um, same, you know, same person. My dad actually he bought me like a instructional course uh, CD where it, it, it had like a course going from, you know, all the way from the basics of HTML and CSS, teaching you how to make like a full-fledged website. So that was like really like my first spot where I started out coding and started out development. And I saw like how you can type some things and like actually make something work and build it out and show it to someone. I was like, oh, cool. This is cool. So ever since then, I've had that passion. And, uh, you know, only difference now is that like, you know, instead of just like, you know, one code, I've worked on like, you know, so many different code bases. I can't even keep track of all of them. So, yeah, I mean, that's been my background. I'm, I like how things work and uh, how they're wired to work. And so ever since then, it's been programming and coding and, you know, eventually here, software development. So. Yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. Like you mentioned the CD, um, like back then, like learning was a lot different than it is now. Like you explained like how learning was back then. You, you didn't necessarily have all the sites that you do now. So how, how did you teach yourself programming? Some of it was self-taught. I mean, um, I taught myself from the, you know, the, the course. It gave, like, you know, learning modules and videos. So I learned using that. And then other stuff I Googled and um, I Googled around and uh, I, you know, saw some, you know, articles and blogs on how to build things from there. So mostly it was self-taught. And then eventually, like, you know, I liked it so much it became a passion. And um, but then somewhere like, you know, right before college started, I was like, you know, oh, I got to biology. I like, you know, medicine and things like that. So I had this weird biology fever that, you know, I want to do biology in college and become a doctor. And then, you know, luckily my dad, you know, changed my mind and, you know, helped, you know, convince me that, you know, hey, this field is much more demanding and that you're going to grow a lot in here. I know how you work. You're going to like this. So, you know, from there, it just went on, you know, to that. And um, I saw like, you know, I also got involved in um, like, you know, college clubs where we did, you know, fun like hackathons and programming. So from there, 
you know, the interest just grew and it just grew more and more. So it was basically like passion was behind it, like, you know, behind my driving force of learning. And, you know, then I had good people like, you know, my friends and, you know, especially my dad, you know, convincing me like, you know, hey, this is what this is your forte. You can do this. So passion. And I had I was surrounded by I was lucky to be surrounded by, you know, good people that pushed me in the right direction. Oh. Absolutely. What, what, what was what was it like getting your first job? Was it as hard as it is now, or it was uh, difficult? I mean, um, you know, at the time, like when I was starting out, like 2014, 2015 time, like you know, um, things were harder. I mean, there were not as many resources to prepare as adequately. You would it would be kind of difficult to ex know what to expect and like you know questions wise and in interviews what that goes for both like behavioral and technical like i i had like no clue so like i had to prepare as much as i could and I, you know i used to actually um you know have like you know sessions and like you know write on flashcards like you know try to like memorize things and like remember but that was you know i quickly learned that you know that's not the best way and um you know then i just kind of solve problems one after the other and then got used to it. And then if any any kind of problem got thrown my way, then I would kind of apply the same logic. Like, you know, what's the kind of take a global look at the problem? Like, what's what, what are we trying to fix? What kind of algorithm is this? And um, how do we you know go about fixing the problem and explaining the thought process? So it was actually the first one getting that was hard. Like it was difficult. <laughs> I still remember that, actually, even though it was a while ago, I still remember that. That memory is still with me. <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much had the same experience, had to, you know, put in like 50 plus resumes and deal with a ton of rejection calls. Like, how did you deal with the, the rejection? That was challenging, too. It was not easy. I mean, I would doubt myself, like, you know, can I really do this or am I fit to do this? Are you sure? Like, I have, would have that conversation with myself. But then, you know, I remembered back to one of my college classes, actually, there was a project that I worked on that, you know, for a, we had to basically create a puzzle. Um, like, you know, like how, like you create a maze and like, you know, like a mouse or a rat, they walk through the maze. And so you have to, had to make it in a way. So like it, the program was using recursion to solve the maze, like, you know, the mouse being the, you know, client and then the server being the maze. So figuring out like, you know, I was one of the first ones in my class to figure that out. So that kind of, you know, confidence always gave me like, you know, a boost, like, you know, hey, you did this, you were the first one in the class to figure this out. And you participated in this hackathon. So, you know, you should keep doing it, keep trying, and don't get discouraged. And, you know, I also had a good, like, uh, you know, advisory group, like, you know, we had teachers, uh, one of the professors was very good, uh, very, um, like, you know, encouraging, actually, like, um, when I was, feeling down that, you know, I didn't ace the interviews. So she was telling me like, you know, look, you're going to, it's not the first time you're going to see this. You're going to see this later too. Even when you're like 10, 20 years deep into your career, I mean, you're not going to check all the boxes. So you have to keep trying. So that's how that went. Like my, my old project, like my college project that gave me boost. Like that gave me the confidence that, you know, you can do it. You were the first one in the class to figure this out and you're trying to figure out your first job. I think you can do it. So it was a lot of, self-talk and a lot of um you know i had to overcome um imposter imposter syndrome and self-doubt but eventually i got there it was tough but you know it took a lot of perseverance i would say 
Ron, how many years in the industry did it take before you really started feeling confident with your skills? Ooh, <laughs> that's a nice question. Um, I would say maybe like um, six, because um, this is my seventh year in the industry. And I would say last year is really when I like really got my groove as far as like, you know, I can I can like, you know, join a team and I can learn what problem they're trying to solve and I can kind of identify what's good over there, what needs to be fixed and what needs to be addressed. So I would say my last year is when I really kind of gained the full confidence that, you know, I can do this and I can, you know, go through this. So <laughs> yes, I, I would say it took, it took me about six years in the industry. <laughs> So like uh, from then to now, did uh, the way you approach problem solving, did it change any? Like, what are you doing now that you weren't doing back then? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot. Like, you know, when I was a more newer developer, um, my key goal was, um, you know, delivering the uh, projects and delivering the applications to the end consumer and um, as fast as I could. So that way I can do the next new project and the next new project. But, you know, for long term growth, that's not the best, like, you know, outlook. Um, I mean, for the early years, it works because, you know, you're seen as someone who develops and, you know, develops with uh, pace. Um, quality is important, too. You have to develop with pace and also quality. Um, one thing I would say uh, that I learned about myself is um, as I was delivering, I was delivering with pace, um, you know, but then I also asked myself one day, like, you know, what do I need to do to get to the next, like, you know, level in my career. So like, you know, I'm delivering all this stuff. Like, do I need to think of something that I'm not thinking right now? And then I sat down with one of my uh, mentors from like a long time ago and I, you know, told her and I walked her through and she told me, she was like, you know, you're delivering great. You're delivering with uh, pace. Great. Make sure you're also delivering with quality. You're also keeping the, you know, future state of whatever application you're building, the future state architecture, the future state design, of the application you're keeping that in mind because you know you can deliver as many features as you want to an app but if it's not usable if the customers don't enjoy using it then you know it's not good so think long term about the project itself like you know if you're building a web app think long term what's going to happen if this web app is close to being retired and being replaced by something else or how does it look on a mobile view or what if it has to be integrated with a, another application so I would start thinking a little more ahead and uh, a little more future. Like I would ask a lot of questions and sometimes they were challenging questions and uh, I didn't mean to challenge anybody, but I would ask literally like, you know, what's the future state of this, this application that we're building. And so that, those kinds of questions, they got me further. And, uh, you know, I was trusted enough by like my developers and also my leadership to, you know, do future state things and like, you know, draw out future strategies because, you know, I would I had my lens like, you know, updated or like, you know, um, widened, like my lens were wider. So, you know, I had to go a step further, like, you know, more than just deliver with pace, also deliver with quality and think about the future state, like what's going to happen, like X number of months or X number of days. So, yeah. so, so beyond just delivering, it's really important to consider um, like the future state of the application and maybe if it's going to be handed off mm -hmm. like what, what are some of the ways you ensure that a handoff would be you know like seamless and you know that the application would be maintainable 
I would do a, um, I mean, typically I've seen two approaches in the industry. I mean, one, let's say uh, a development team wants to hand off a project. They can either have like a one or two day long sessions where they're handing off project and going over everything from like, you know, the project directory to the unit test, the pipelines and the integration tests and the production deployment process, all that stuff. Me, I prefer like a different approach to make it a more successful transition. Um, if I were to transition a project to another team, the way I would do it is I would probably have like, as I'm working on the project, I'd establish like a weekly touch points or, you know, bi-weekly touch points between me and the transitioning team. So that way they're aware of the current challenges and the future of when, you know what we're trying to build. So it's more so like they're more invested that way. And it's more of like a community or like, you know, like they're more like you're bringing them together as opposed to bringing them the finished thing. All right, here's what we built. Take this. So it's, it, that's a, it's a different approach than just doing that. Like it's more so you're bringing them in with you and you're partnering with them and you're handing them, handing it off like that. You know, you're kind of, there for them if they have questions so there's those two ways that i've seen but i prefer that one where as you're developing the project and you know you're you know you're going to hand it off eventually then have like you know established touch points you know weekly or bi-weekly with them to share what you're doing and what challenges you're facing with the project and you know where you want to take it yeah so with that answer you kind of really emphasize like dealing with people how, how important are the soft skills uh, when it comes to being a leader very, very, very important. I mean, I would say 90% of, um, if I were to put a number on it, I would say 90% of 90% of tech leadership is all about the people. Um, you could have the best idea, you could have the best technology, you could have the best, most clean code, maintainable, whatever. But if you can't convince your team or your peers that, you know, there are these benefits and these pros and cons, then, you know, um, it's no value. And the other thing is not only convincing, but also influencing, you know, making sure they have your respect, making sure they trust you, making sure that, you know, you're transparent with them because that those things are very valuable in the industry. Um, I mean, like the hard skills, like, you know, the actual technical skills, they will take you far, but they will take you only so much far. Um, how you deal with people, how you interact with them, um, how you, how they, how you make them feel as you're working with them and, if you're open to their ideas, that makes a huge difference. Um, you know, and I've been in both sides of that, you know, situation, like, you know, where I've had to deal with someone that, you know, prefers to deal a different way. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they didn't exactly see my point of view and I would try to share it to them for their own benefit. And, um, you know, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you don't, but the important thing is, is being open and transparent with uh, whoever you work with and, coming from a place of care like you know if someone can improve something and you know you want to share it with them whether that's a project that they worked on or code that they wrote or whether you know anything you know just let them know that's from a place of care that you're sharing with them that because not because you want to bring them down or you want to you know take a stab at them but you want to you want them to actually get better and you know overall improve everything so very, very important. I would say if I were to put a number on it, maybe even 99%, I would say it's very important. So like, have you ever come across a situation where somebody was like really difficult to work with? Like they didn't really take your considerations to, to mind and how, how did you uh, get them on track? So I think it froze up. Uh, things like 
Okay, yeah, I'll take you back. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, we, I did have a situation like that where there was, um, you know, a couple of uh, times where there was uh, one person that was uh, difficult to work with. And initially, I mean, I shared it with them and I shared it with the, you know, I was frustrated for sure. I mean, because I'm a human too. I have feelings and emotions. And all. So, but I didn't let that get to me. I initially spoke to them. I was like, you know, hey, you know, we're working on this thing together and, you know, we want to make it a success. We want to make it nice and everything. So I sat them down and I talked to them and I was like, you know, look, you know, I know you probably didn't mean this like, like that way, or you didn't, you didn't probably, you know, mean it in, in that way, but you know, this is how it, you know, you know, at least what was perceived by me or made me feel. And I'm just sharing it with you because I want your success and I want us both to, you know, deliver something nice. So, you know, if there's like some kind of way you can, you know, make it to where like, you know, there's a goal to reach for both of you, uh, both parties involved, like, you know, there's a goal to reach for both of you. You guys would make something work. Always perceive it that way because there's always going to be people that are different. They work different than everyone. Then they work different than you. So always make it about the goal, like what you're trying to achieve and like some kind of goal that you both want to do achieve together. And then it becomes easier from there. So. Absolutely. Have you ever had a team member who, you know, they're a great person, but they're not quite up to par technically? Like, how do you deal with that? And how do you get them on track? Yep. That's happened before, too. And uh, the way I would handle that is I would uh, lead by example. So when I was actually a lead engineer, I would lead by example. Like I would um, share, I would overshare actually with my teammates that, you know, this is the project that I have. These are my timelines. I've set, I used to set my own timelines, like my own, like, you know, these are my goals for, you know, Friday of this week or, you know, Monday of next week. And so I would share that openly so that I would, I, I kind of created a culture of uh, where people would, you know, kind of, you know, rise to that same level that I was operating on. So then, you know, they would, instead of the conversation being like, you know, hey, you need to get here, it would be more so like, you know, this is the baseline. Can you get up to here? Um, and then if I still saw that, you know, they're not kind of as technically on par, then I would share with them privately, um, which is another thing, you know, never, if you have critical feedback for anyone, you know, always share that in private with them and make sure they're ready to hear, like ready to like, you know, you know, hear and understand because, you know, they might be having a bad day, you know, you know, you never know. So always uh, share it privately and, you know, bring it back to the original thing. Like, you know, the goal is this and, you know, this is where we are, you know, don't make it about the person ever, you know, make it about, you know, the situation itself and it always gets better from there. So Absolutely. Uh, can you tell us about some of your uh, greatest wins? Like, have you taken a junior and just turned them into an amazing senior or, you know, anything like yes. that? I actually had like over the course of my career, I think I've had like a total of eight or nine mentees. And I think um, in 2021, so a couple of years ago, yeah, two years ago, um, you know, the third one, three out of my eighth one, like got to like, you know, the level where I am, like, you know, at the, you know, uh, at the level as far as like, you know, the technical leadership goes. So, yes. And um it, it even that something like that requires consistent um, work between both the mentor and mentees. 
Um, which is why some people some people find it very tricky, mentors and mentees. Like I think the best way is if the both people they have expectations for each other and they're upfront about those expectations, then things are easy, things are um seamless. But you know, both like um mentor mentees have to be clear about their expectations. Like what do they both want out of the um you know relationship and what do they not want? So otherwise it's hard because i've been in those uh, mentor mentee type relationships too where um expectations weren't always clear you know maybe from my side maybe from their side so usually those kinds of things you know they wouldn't fall off but um you know i always you know there's always you know different avenues to explore mentor and mentoring so yeah i mean and i was very proud when that happened when they leveled up i was like yes I won, <laughs> you know, the, I was very happy for them. It, it felt amazing seeing that. So, so like, say, for example, somebody in the audience, uh, they wanted you to be their mentor. What, what, what are some of the things you would tell them to get them from like junior to senior, then senior to tech lead? Like, what are some of the traits and lessons? One thing I'll definitely say is it's not going to happen overnight. Like, you know, don't expect to have it tomorrow or like six months or even like, you know, um, like a year from now, because, um, you know, the reason why I say that is not to discourage, but, you know, every every person's learning process is different. Every person's journey is different where they are currently and where they want to get to. And every company also is different in the way they have those um, levels. And so, you know, it's it, it all depends on many different factors. And especially now with the way the um, career market is like, you know, for tech, like, you know, it could be very, very different. So I think the key thing is, is, um, you know, if someone from the audience did want to, you know, partner up with me, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, but just know that it requires a good bit of a perseverance uh, on, you know, both of our sides. Like, you know, um, I would have to persevere and uh, make sure that, you know, I'm giving you all the, uh, you know, help and attention you, you know, need to go from, you know, point A to point B. And also for you to, you know, know that it might take a while and, um, you know, it takes a good amount of convincing. It takes a good amount of learning and it takes a good, it's a mindset shift too. Like sometimes, um, you know, what gets you promoted or what gets you leveled up is not the same thing that's going to keep you there. Like, you know, there's other skills that you have to use to get to the next level and, you know, you have to master those skills. So that's the key thing. That's actually a key learning for me as well. I mean, um, uh, I remember when I was, like trying to get to my like you know next level uh the same thing that got me to my current level at the time it wasn't the same thing that was going to get to me, get me to my next level like i had to i had to operate differently i had to work with my teammates a little bit differently i had to deliver like contribute to projects a little bit differently um so it it takes a well, a lot of patience and perseverance but it's definitely doable and um you know uh, the other thing I would suggest on the mentor mentee topic is uh, seek out as many mentors as you can, um, because that's that's like, you know, just as many perspectives you can have, because, you know, it's always good to have, you know, one person's perspective. But the more variety you have in your like knowledge base, the better it is. So that's, you know, that's the one thing that I that was a learning to me. I didn't really take advantage of mentors that much. So that's you know one thing I want to share. So, you know, you don't make the same mistake that I did. <laughs> So do, do, are, are you looking for a mentor and like what would what, what would your ideal mentor be to take you to the next level? Honestly, I don't know. I am looking for a mentor um, and for some things, um, but like I don't know what ideal, you know, 
characteristics or qualities they would have just yet. Um, but one thing I'm deciding is one thing it, while I'm trying to figure out who will be my mentor, I'm also asking myself, like, you know, hey, okay, where do I want to go? Where do I want my mentor to help me go? What is the most fulfilling thing for me in tech? Like, you know, do I like being the senior tech lead or do I want to, you know, grow further and, uh, you know, you know, develop into a new role after that? Or is there more things I have to learn in this uh, senior tech lead role? So it requires a conversation with oneself. Like you really have to sit down and ask yourself, like, you know, what do I want and what do I not want? And uh, what am I doing now that I could be doing to, you know, get to the next level? So it requires a lot of planning. Um and um, sometimes it takes a while. It can be a little bit anxiety inducing, but once you're past it, it things get a lot easier. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it's kind of like the point you made about being technical that only gets you so far and you just have to start developing other skills. I kind of feel like at a certain point you hit a technical ceiling and then you're going to have to start learning more about the business yep. and the impact you're making. <clears throat> can, you, can you speak about like, because, you know, a lot of times, like, we in tech, we work in a silo. We just want to be given a project. We do it. But we don't think about the impact on the business. Can you speak about having to deal with any of that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's actually early in my career. I made that mistake. I was so focused on the tech stack. I was so focused on the language, so focused on the framework. I paid little attention to that, um, which is why I was saying, you know, I was used to deliver with pace i was like you know hey here you go here you go here's this modal here's this page here's this like flow here's this api update i didn't think much about the impact that i was making until my mentor she sat me down and she was like hey if you want to get to the next level you got to ask these questions like you know you got to ask about the long-term strategy where is this project going and uh, why are we building this and you have to ask you have to know so not only do you know what you're building and how you're building it you also know the why behind it how many customers is it gonna help how many um you know businesses is it gonna help so you know knowing the impact is really really important um at some point and i think everybody deals with this kind of thing you know you get so kind of uh, obsessed with the tech with the code and the tools it kind of becomes easy a little bit to forget about like you know why you're there in the first place because if i if you remember like when i mentioned what got me into the whole tech thing was you know you could type some things on the keyboard and like you know make it appear so that's what really excited me so i forgot about that initially because i was so enamored by the tech stack i was like oh wow this language that language this framework that framework so it took me you know i had to come back and you know snap back to my original self um so it's really important to know about that because actually Whatever company you're working in as an engineer, um, it's very like if you want to grow in that company and, you know, like further level up, it's really important to know about the business side. So that way, you know, the impacts and you can also contribute to the strategy of the overall business as a tech person. You can kind of, you know, um, anticipate what needs to happen, what needs to get built, what needs to get sunset. And you can guide others, you know, with that knowledge. So absolutely important to know about the business. Yep. So I know like uh, as you get more senior, it goes from like focusing on tech to dealing more with the, the, the business side of it. Um, like, do you find dealing with like the business people challenging? I know they could be like sometimes a communication barrier. They don't necessarily understand the technical side and, you know, communicating that to them. Uh, how are you able to break that down to them in a way they can understand? 
Mm, I don't use, I, I use very minimal tech lingo um, when it comes to communicating with uh, non-technical folks because, um, you know, um, they're, they, you know, you want to meet them there. You want to meet them where they are. You want to meet them feel like, you know, they're, you want to make them feel like, you know, they're part and, you know, they're welcome. So I sometimes like, you know, if they want to know the technical reasons behind building something or, you know, I would definitely explain, like I'd give them the high level design diagram or like, you know, the document if they want to know. But otherwise, like, you know, if they want to know the quick and usually that's the case, like, you know, working with business uh, oriented folks, they want to know, you know, more so the quick and, you know, the quick and dirty, like, you know, what is it? What, what is it like, you know, is it can, can it be built or can it not be built or what, are there any blockers? So um, I, I usually keep the non-technical, uh, I usually keep the technical jargon out of it unless they want to know and they want to like educate themselves how it really works. And I can always share with them but uh that that was a learning experience for me too because i used to actually i used to be so enamored with the tech so i would just give them the tech explanation and not go about like you know what it really is like you know the easy terms the layman's terms and so that took away some opportunities from me like you know that i could have scored but you know you 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 live and you learn so definitely um make an effort to meet them where they are and also show them where you're coming from because you know, the more together, the more you can work with people, the better it is. So. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I know um, a lot of times you, you get in those, especially like a mid-level developer. So they start bringing you more into the meetings, more seeing you go. Like, how many opportunities are you missing out on by just sitting back and staying quiet and not interjecting on, you know, the things they're talking about? Uh, plenty. I mean, and there are people like that. Some people they prefer. I mean, it's fine. I mean, if if, that, if that's how they, you know, want. I mean, if that's the kind of like, I mean, the, definitely people will be missing out plenty. Like, you know, if you're kind of like just taking it and running with it. I mean, you know, in order to advance in your career, yes, you'd be missing out. But there are people like that, too, that I've worked with um, in the past that, you know, they're just like, you know, give me the specs and I'll go build it. Um, but, you know, versus if you want to grow and you want to, you know, grow in your career and have like a more advanced role, a more senior role, then, you know, it definitely pays to ask questions because, you know, then those questions, they show your leaders and your peers that, you know, you're engaged and you're thinking long term and you want to make something that's high quality and you care about the business you're in. So it's really, you know, it would definitely open up a lot of opportunities if the more questions you ask and, you know, don't be afraid to ask either because it just shows how engaged you are. Yep. Absolutely. I know a lot of engineers, they can be like introverts. They might be shy. They're, they're not very talkative. How, how do they start developing the, a more extroverted nature so they can communicate better? It, in my experience, it's always been, you know, um, you want to like you know slowly like you know you want to have you, you want to make sure they're comfortable at all times you don't want to make sure in any way that you know you're trying to change them or you're trying to you know alter their personality never never want to do that you want to meet them kind of halfway where they are because there are going to be people that are introverted and, and extroverted and you know they get their energy different ways like you know some people get their energy with being with other people some people get their energy being alone so you know, different people work differently. I mean, um, typically what I 
prefer to do if you know if someone likes to have one-on-one discussions more then i take it one-on-one with them and if they prefer more group then i do more group um you know it's uh you know the key thing is is uh you know everybody's uh wired differently everybody works differently so from a you know dni perspective i always uh you know i try to meet people halfway as much as i can so uh, without you know ever giving them the feeling that you know i'm trying to change them or you know do anything like that because um you know i am a certain way as well and you know i might not be someone that someone else prefers you know so <laughs> i look at that as well i look at myself and uh you know i might not be you know interactive as someone wants me to be so you know i i meet i try to meet people halfway when working with them so yeah i know like uh as a tech lead there's a lot on your shoulders um not only do you have to do the technical stuff the coding you also have to manage personalities like how do you avoid getting burnt out i do um music and running and um uh, music running and um very recently i've been a huge fan of um how automatic watches work i don't know for some reason i'm a systems guy man i gotta tell you i just love systems so automatic watches they are made they have a system they have a gear they have these wheels inside so i just open up youtube sometimes and like i watch like a documentary on somebody making an automatic watch and you know they're putting in all the gears and all the levers and all those things and i just kind of get lost into that so those three things they keep me afloat and um oh definitely the fourth thing is um i take time for myself like you know i take time off from you know work from chores from things to like you know have like a retreat and you know i change my surroundings to you know get like a refresh it's very very important um because as you said it's you know the more senior you become and the more there's more expectations from you from everybody not just from your leader but like from other leaders too um like expectations increase and sometimes they increase without explicitly being said that you know they're increasing so like that's the other thing too like you have to kind of anticipate your leaders uh, expectations as you um you know go, go up the um, ladder so but yeah my escapes are um you know music running and you know taking time to myself and i love learning about automatic watches so four things i would say <laughs> <laughs> but what, what kind of uh, music do you create i don't create music actually i just listen to it i listen to oh. you know um i like um classic um like you know i like classic i like pop um i like a little bit of uh rap a little bit of a hip-hop so just anything that sounds good to my ears i don't even i, I wouldn't even mine if it's in a different language if it sounds good to my ears and i can understand the melody and i can kind of you know jive with it and groove with it you know i'm <laughs> i'll listen to it so that's that's the kind of music person i am <laughs> so are you are you like an audiophile like do you have expensive headphones and speakers or uh, yeah. no i actually no not an audiophile i i do have a spotify account i love spotify like i have a i have a really I actually have a 48 hour long Spotify playlist. If you can believe that. Oh, wow. Like, so I listen to, I have a Spotify account and uh, I have some very basic headphones that I put in and uh, you know, I like them wireless. So that way when I'm running, the wires don't interfere. Mm. I think everybody has these days, AirPods. So um, yeah, I mean, very basic headphones, but I do have a Spotify account and I have one playlist that's like over 48 hours long. So wow, man. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would say don't get started on the audiophile journey unless you want to go broke, man. It gets expensive. <laughs> so like um <clears throat> so like do, do you do you foresee yourself like moving away from the more technical hands-on thing and being more in a leadership position, or do you love tech so much like you're kind of cool with being in this like the, the same general position? I think I'm kind of in both right now. I mean you know, as a team lead, you also have uh, some people responsibility. Um, and as a technical lead, like, you know, you're also looking at the strategic overarching uh, direction of where the project is headed, where the, uh, you know, team is headed with their deliverables. So I do a little bit of both and I'm learning every day, like, you know, different things about, you know, how to deal with the tech stack, you know, especially as technology advances so much, you know, and also the people side of it, like, you know, how to coach and mentor and also guide people especially as they want to advance up so i think definitely um you know that would be a definitely like a continual step for me um i enjoy it um i it gives me fulfillment for sure it gives me fulfillment and i you know get en energy from it so i'm definitely looking forward to continuing more and um you know excited to see what the future holds so so like when it comes to managing people, uh, it seems like you're really considerate of their feelings and, you know, analyzing and meeting them where they're at. Like where, where did, how did you develop that particular philosophy? Because there's like certain leaders who's like, it's my way or the highway. What made you like be more considerate? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Um, I don't even know the perfect, like the perfect answer to that, but um I just, I always look at myself and I look at, you know, um, people that are close to me will tell you that, you know, I have my own quirks too. Like, um, you know, I, yeah, sometimes I could call them at random times and ask them a question, or sometimes I want to, you know, go out and eat something at random time. So like, you know, I'm, I have my quirks. So, you know, I would, you know, I would kind of think, you know, maybe from a human perspective, they have their own quirks too, just like I have my own quirks. So I treat them the way I want to be treated um the way i would want to be treated so you know that's how i kind of developed that uh mindset and i'm not even i wouldn't even say that i'm fully there i mean sometimes i do have my days where i'm like oh man not today please don't do say that today or please don't do that today so it takes a lot of practice to develop it over time gradually um but i always i the, the key thing for me is i remember that you know i'm not a perfect person so i can't expect others to be like that either um, you know, we're all perfect in our imperfections. The way, that's the way I look at it. So um, I just treat everybody the way I want to be treated. So, Absolutely. I, I know as a leader, like you can't necessarily show how you're feeling. It could be chaotic, but you have to keep the, the calm, cool persona. Like how do you manage your emotions? How do you avoid like blowing up or, you know, letting it show on your face? How do you keep calm under pressure? I... I remember that, you know, I, I always remind myself that, you know, everybody is fighting their own battles and, you know, just like, you know, they're fighting their own battles. I'm fighting my own battles. And um, when you're in that kind of position, then, you know, you can't afford to have something like that happen. I mean, granted, you know, it's happened with a few people, um, but, you know, it's something that, you know, should be very, very carefully avoided at all times. Um, 
I just remember, like, I, I always remind myself, maybe they're dealing with something, maybe, you know, they're dealing with something I don't know. So I, and the other thing is, I always make it about the goals, about the goals of the business or the deliverables. So that way, you know, it's not about the person itself, but it's more so about, you know, we need to do steps one, two, three to get there. And you're currently on steps one. So how can I help you get over there? So the conversation is different. It's not more so about them, but more so about how I can help them get there and what I can equip them with to get there. So that's the approach that I try to take um, usually or most of the time. Absolutely. Um, so like for, for the developers who are trying to break out of the solely technical uh, roles, like how do they show that they're interested in the business and you know how do they learn about quote unquote the business to be able to showcase that knowledge? That's an awesome question. Um, so if you're looking for a job and, um, you know, you know, looking for, a, you know, some kind of like technical role, like an engineer role, um, try to find it in an industry that you enjoy, like um, try to find it in an industry that you enjoy and you like working with. Um, because otherwise, it's um, if you try to go in and you try to fake that passion and you try to do this research about the company, you might cut it. You might get the job because it'll show the employers that, you know, hey, this person's under research. They you know, they, they care about it, but you know, it's only going to take you so far because eventually like, you know, you'll get tired and tired of it. You know, the same old thing. So try to look for, um, like roles that are closer to your interests or your industry. Um, like if you like media, if you like music production, you like animation, then look for tech roles where, you know, animation companies or, you know, music type companies, they have those open. Um, so you can have, you could have a nice story to tell as well that, you know, Hey, you know, I know you have this product and I also love this. So it makes things easier. So, I mean, people can fake the passion, but it's only going to take them so far. Like you can only fake it so much. Like if you're, if you, if you're, you know, you go to somebody's house and they try to feed you something, you don't like it, um, but you still eat it. You're only going to eat it so much. And then when they look away, you're probably going to put the plate aside and be like, all right, <laughs> I'm done. So it's one of those things. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so, like, I know when it comes to, you know, managing developers, developers, they hate being micromanaged. But so how do you find that balance between not being so laid back to where they're getting off task and not micromanaging them? Um, I encourage everybody to have milestones. So that way, um, you know, basically like, you know, weekly milestones or biweekly milestones to show what they're planning to achieve and what they're going to achieve, like, you know, in the coming week. So this way uh, it helps me understand how much they can, they are thinking about accomplishing and what they might need help with. And so it helps me measure their progress too, or gauge their level of skill and understanding. So that way, you know, it doesn't have to be about micromanaging them at all. It's more so about, you know, okay, you've done step A and your step B is tomorrow. So what do you need from here? So, you know, if you are clear and transparent with them as a leader, with your engineers as a leader about, you know, this is what we need to be, this is what needs to be, this is what needs to be done. And, you know, you're clear about it. You're clear about the goals. And then, you know, you have something formal in writing, then it, it makes things a lot easier. And then if there's, you know, any kind of issue still after that, you just have an open conversation about, you know, Hey, what happened over here and how it can be avoided. And then just go from there. And then if it becomes something repeated, if it becomes a repetitive thing, then you have to have a more serious conversation like, you know, OK, 
this seems like a repetitive pattern. You know, why is this, you know, we talked about this, um, you know, is there something I can help you with, you know, in addition to this? So, you know, it's, uh, but the thing with this to work is that both like the leader and also the engineer, they have to be very, um, like, you know, they have to be like on the same page, uh, working together. Um, it, the burden should not be on one person, one or the other person. So, uh, nobody likes to be micromanaged at all. I mean, uh, as far as I know, nobody likes being micromanaged. But um, I mean, that's one way to avoid it. You set clear milestones for everybody, and you encourage them to set them themselves. And so, you know, you, people kind of create their own destiny after that. Absolutely. So I know you're still painting your path uh, forward, like in terms of where you want to move to. But uh, are you starting to develop like additional skills to kind of prepare for this like uh, future role? And how are you going about that? Um, I look for opportunities in my current roles um, to see where I can um, get some exposure. Uh, one thing I always do is um, for, you know, we were talking about mentors earlier. Some people that, you know, I know in the industry that I look up to, that I respect and that I see that they're well accomplished and they're well respected. I always, you know, tap on their shoulder and I ask them like, you know, hey, what's it like? Like, what is this role like? What is it like being doing this, um, you know, every day? And what are what are your gratifying moments? And also, what are your challenging moments? So that way they give me both like, you know, the good, bad and ugly, everything about the role. And so then it puts in my brain some considerations, some ideas, whether if I imagine myself, like if I got selected for those that role tomorrow, then would I be able to contribute effectively? Would I be able to do my job, you know, successfully? So I always ask for different people's perspectives. Um, like, you know, if they're in a role that I want tomorrow, I ask them like, you know, hey, what do you enjoy? What do you not so much enjoy? So, yeah, you know, you, it, it helps to know. But, you know, ultimately, you know, the person that is applying for the role, they're going to know once they get the role. And, you know, because reality is different than, you know, the perception when you're dealing with it. So um, you're still going to find some surprises. Like, even if you get that dream job or you get that dream role, you're still going to find like surprises. You're still going to find like unanticipated things to deal with. Uh, the key thing is being open and being truthful to yourself. Um, like if you make a mistake, definitely like you know own up to it and really talk to yourself and ask yourself why did the mistake happen um you know could i have done something differently um that that you know honesty with yourself becomes very very important you have to be honest with yourself like is this something i really want or is this something that i'm am i joking with myself do i really want this or do i just want the title or do i want the you know limelight or whatever <laughs> it's you know you have to ask yourself all those questions uh, because there's no such thing as a dream job. Everybody says there's a dream job. I mean, every job comes with good and bad. You know, you want to find, I mean, for anyone, you want to find a job that has, you know, just enough good. So where like, if there's, if there's a little bit of bad, you can handle it. Fine. No big deal. So <laughs> that's the kind of balance you want to have. Every job comes with its, uh, you know, barrel of monkeys. Absolutely. Are, are there any uh, technical leaders you look up to and like what, what are some of the lessons you've taken from them? There are some, um, they work at uh, AWS, some um, uh, Solution Arc uh, managers um, and Solution Arc uh, directors. I, I recently, I read their blogs. Um, 
I read about like, you know, um, I listen to their podcasts and like how they build their projects, how they lead their teams and, you know, how they, you know, develop design and how they execute. So I read those things a lot and I, you know, listen to their podcasts whenever I can. So that way it, it increases my knowledge on what they're doing and what they're dealing with. And so it also kind of keeps me current with, with what they're building. So, yeah, I mean, there's a few that definitely I, you know, look up to their opinions. Absolutely. I, I know you mentioned earlier that uh, you're willing to mentor any listener or I'm not, I'm not gonna say any listener, but a listener who may, may hit you up. Like uh, where, where can they reach you at? There, uh, they can uh, contact me via LinkedIn, um, you know, my LinkedIn account, um, shoot me an invite or, um, you know, uh, follow me on my blog and, uh, you know, I'll, you know, get in touch with you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know sometimes like uh, less senior uh, developers, they're, they're intimidated by reaching out to, to uh, you know, like leads and, you know, people that's higher up on the food chain. Uh, so like what, what, what advice would you give them? It's just another human like they they breathe the same air. They drink the same water. They eat the same food. Like it's just another human. Um, so I used I used to be the same. Like I used to be nervous about that kind of stuff, too. So. You just, have, you just have to tell yourself, like, you know, be open with them for sure. Like, if you're approaching anybody for mentoring, you know, be very open with them. Like, what are your goals? And uh, or if you don't if you don't know your goals, then that's fine, too. Just tell them, like, you know, hey, I don't know. Um, but can you help me? Like, just be open about what it is you want or what it is you're trying to do. And, um, you know, people people value transparency is what I've learned. Um, you know, when you're open and you're clear, people value that. So absolutely um so like can you tell us a little bit about your blog what made you uh want to start writing a blog <laughs> i was having my brain was running out of space i was having so much knowledge up here and i was working on so many different projects i was like you know what i need to have some kind of journal i need to like you know publish somewhere so i don't forget this stuff so i started my blog in like 2021 and then my blog was very basic like i didn't have much fancy stuff on there and then like you know i it was just like you know basically it was like a journal pretty much like today i did this today i did that just to remind myself you know these are the things i'm experienced with this is the things i know so kind of like a career journey um so then eventually like you know it just grew like i started really like getting engagement and people enjoyed what i was putting out they enjoyed what i was um, writing and so then i was like hey what if i take this up a level what if i teach like lessons learned or you know api practices or um you know, things to do when designing something or, you know, how to use a specific technology. So I, it just kind of became like an ongoing journal thing for me. Um, oh, by the way, you know, it, it was my fifth thing, actually. Like, you know, the fifth thing is the other thing that kind of helps me decompress is actually writing and blogging and uh, sharing like, you know, with the wider tech community about different things. So that's the other reason why I got into blogging. Like it was kind of like a it was kind of like an escape for me, like, you know, escape from, you know, everyday life, chores, work. So, yep, it was a passion that I found. Absolutely. Uh, I know burning out is very easy in this industry. Like what what, what lessons outside of work would you uh, give to the listeners? Definitely, you know, find some hobbies, like find some, you know, nice hobbies. Like, you know, I shared mine, like with uh, running and music and, uh, you know, 
automatic watches because I'm a weird person like that. <laughs> find something you enjoy and find try to find like the good moments in that. Because um, you know, as much as everybody says, you know, a dream job, this and that. Um, there's no such thing as a dream job. I mean, you know, there's there's all kinds of jobs, and you know, you got to find the job that um, there's enough good and bad, and you know, the the little bad that's there, you know, the good makes up for it. So you want to find that kind of role and, um, you know, live up to it. But definitely find some kind of hobbies to disconnect and kind of like a ritual to disconnect from, you know, work or from chores. And it'll, it makes things easy. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's all the questions I have off the top of my head. Do you have any closing thoughts for the audience? Uh, uh, you know, I, you know, uh, we just want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in. And, um, you know, I hope, you know, I know I rambled on a lot about different things. <laughs> so, you know, hope you got some benefit from this and, um, you know, hope you got some insight and you learned some things, you know, about me and, you know, from my lessons that I learned, you know, some learned some something. So, you know, if you have any questions later, you know, just, you know, where to find me, but, uh, you know, huge thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, the world is kind of, uh, you know, in a weird place right now with all the, you know, uncertainty and, uh, you know, things going on. So I know Kevin posts, um, you know, one 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 of one of Kevin's posts that I really enjoy is the one where if you're not able to find a tech job right away, you know, try to find some jobs. So that way you don't, you know, go broke and then find how you can apply technology there. That is very, very, very good advice. That is a very good practical advice, especially for now. Because, um, you know, things are so volatile uh, just everywhere. So, but, you know, you have knowledge. Like, you know, you've acquired knowledge. You spent time to learn a programming language. So don't let it go to go to waste. Like, if you, if you find some kind of non-technical job, then figure out how you can apply your technical skills to that job. And from there, you know, you can add it to your resume or you can add it to your... Um, you know, portfolio, whatever, and use that as like a basis to apply elsewhere. So that's, you know, I saw that I saw Kevin's post that one time, and it really attracted me. I was like, you know, this is a good person to follow. This is the good person for advice and for, you know, uh, some WordPress related things, too. So, um, you know, uh, I think that's what I'd like to close with, you know, um, you know, be very open with yourself, like, you know, ask yourself, you know, questions. Is this something I really want? And um, am I willing to deal with this? You know, when considering any role, whether it's a junior role, a senior role, mid mid level role, doesn't matter. Um, you know, because um, you know you'll ultimately have to live through the choices and the consequences of your choices once you're in that role. Um, and you'll make mistakes also, no matter what role you choose, what role you're in. So just learn from them, be open with that. Um, but definitely, you know. Uh, find a hobby to kind of balance out work and chores with, you know, something to enjoy. Um, I think that's that's the key thing that I'd like to share, Kevin. Oh, that was great advice, man. I definitely appreciate you for coming on, man. Uh, we definitely want to have you back sometime. We'd like to have, like, you know, general discussions if you're interested. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Anything I can do to help. Absolutely. Now, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Peace.